Nice. It's happening. Mixing it up because I counted us in today. Crazy, crazy stuff. It is truly wild. All right. I got my glasses. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to Oddities. Uh, I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. And today, nope. I'm always doing that. Welcome back. We're on social media. You can find our information Mm -hmm. in the description below. And, uh, oh, one of the ones I want to draw your attention to is we have a Patreon. You can find us on Patreon under Oddities Podcast. If you would like to donate to our show, we would very much appreciate it. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. How do you spell Oddities? O-D-D-I-T-I-E-S. That's it. There it is. Now, how are you? Hockey came back today. And the Lord blessed me because hockey returned. Um, And so I... So I fucking hate the Flyers, but I watched their game today because I was just so happy that hockey was back. And I've been watching Pretty Little Liars. Yes. Have you seen this show? I have never seen, like, not even a single episode of that show. It's the most infuriating show I've ever watched in my entire life. So you're still watching it then? Yes. And I'm so angry. (laughs) And I'm just sending, I'm just sending fucking videos and angry texts to my cousin. Just being like, this is so stupid. There's one character in particular that I know won't die. And all I want is for her to die. That's all I want. Uh, uh, I feel that about most characters and most things. She's so annoying. She's so stupid. And for some, like there, it's like four girls. And I guess when it came out, like we were young, but... They're, like, 15, 16, and all these, like, older men like them. I hate that. And it's that. so uncomfortable as an adult to watch. Like, I was like, these girls are not even legal. Like, it's so bizarre. And they pitch it to you like it's like, oh, my God, it's just because... Because at one point she's, like, dating her teacher, the character I hate. Like you do, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's, it's, it's because he was her teacher. And I'm like, no, it's because she's fucking underage. And they, like, never address it. The end. And Bye. it drives me crazy. <laughs> it drives me crazy. All these <laughs> girls are underage and all these older guys are like, Ugh. And I'm like, this is so fucking creepy when you put it into the real world context. And we're just pitching it like it's okay. It makes me crazy. Tell us but I'm, really I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit watching it soon. And the acting is horrific. It's absolutely absurd how bad the acting is. So it's it's going. I think now that hockey's back, hockey's going to replace it. Well, I'm very excited for you about hockey then. Thank you so much. How are you? You're welcome. I'm good. Um, out in New Jersey. We saw each other hey. on Friday. So just a handful of days ago. Uh, when the air conditioning unit was broken but is now fixed and I have been so comfortable I can't tell you how happy I've been the last few days to have air conditioning it's awesome I will say that both Cassie and I have been quarantined so and then we visited each other like basically in quarantine correct like yeah. it's all very safe 
Yes, and, sorry. But when we got to, when I got to your house, you were so angry because it, you were like, it's so hot in here. Yeah, and I get like, I get heat headaches really easily. So the whole day I just had like this thundering headache. It was just, you know, the worst, but it's good yeah. now. So all's well that ends well. Yeah, and, it was um, very comfortable when, when the AC got turned on. Oh my God. Yeah, it was great. Uh, what else do I have going on? Honestly, not a whole lot. I'm kind of waiting, you know, for, uh, everything to shut down again so that I can postpone my wedding and my venue will stop being like, we're not going to give you your deposit back. You have to give us a whole nother deposit because that's not going to fly. Fuck that. No, fuck that. And I get it. Like, this, these are t- like tough times for businesses and everything like that. I understand my parents have one, so I get it, but I'm, I'm, this is not on me. Like I did not bring right. forth the pandemic, so we got to work something out and, and it's just not going to be, I don't think it's going to be safe for everybody. And that's a very big concern. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I feel bad for, for 2020 brides. Yeah. This, this you, year you guys are having to, a time. This is a bad year to be a bride. That's okay. It'll all, everything will work out in the end, how it's supposed to, and it'll all be fine. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Not not a lot of. Uh, I went to the dentist last week. That was a shit <sighs> That's show. That's exhilarating. That was a big shit show because so I had this woman right, and one time as my <laughs> hygienist, and I was unhappy at the end of it because she she was very very tough on my teeth, like to the point where my mouth hurt for two days after my appointment. I was like, I have healthy teeth. This shouldn't like be a thing, right? So. I called them up and I like I, I was like, can you please make a note in my chart to schedule me with a different hygienist because this is, isn't going to work. And I get there and who do I have but the same woman. And so then we go back and I'm like, great. I, we go back and she opens up on the computer and it's right there, right there in the room. I can see it. And there's a big note that says, do not schedule with and her name. And, she, and I was like, well, this is nice and <laughs> fucking awkward now so thanks people who can't do your job well i really appreciate it for putting me in that position thanks a bunch <laughs> so yeah other than that and also can, can i just say as a as a psa to people everyone's going through a really hard time right now like it's not easy for anyone at all so now isn't really the time to like I feel like people are getting more hostile, and I understand, but, like, maybe take a second. People are struggling, you know? Being miserable is not a personality trait. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So, that, that kind of sucked. Like, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, that was a but really awful... To okay. have, like, a big thing across. Yeah, it was, like, right there, like, and I was like... Jesus, like, I asked one thing last time, and, I mean, you guys did it, but you didn't follow what I asked, um, and I'm not usually the one to do that kind of thing, but my experience with her the time prior was just, like, that bad, um, and, I mean, I didn't flip a shit on them or anything, but I was like, maybe next time, pay attention. The end. Especially if it's huge in your file. Yeah, it's literally right there. It's a pop-up, so I don't know how they, like, didn't, but... Whatever. So that was the whole thing. Other than that, you know, things are great. Things are the usual. Donuts out here with me. She's a gem. 
that's really, you know, I, I don't have a lot to report. Not very exciting times. And it's been super fucking hot. Oh my God, so hot. So much sweating. And I can't take Donut for like really great walks because I don't want to keep her out there, or, you know, all of that when it's really, really hot like this. So yeah. Yeah, and I don't have AC in my apartment. So I'm so just living with... I'm living with all the shades drawn and the fan on. And I have a big AC unit that, God bless my sister and my brother-in-law, that they gave me. But I just reserve that for when I go to sleep. Because that's the only time I'm like, I absolutely need to be cool. Because I need to sleep. Uh Uh-huh. I just started using CBD drops to go to sleep. Oh, would recommend. Oh, good. Because I know you were having issues falling asleep. Oh, I've been taking them for the past, like, two or three nights. Sleep like a fucking dead person. Excellent. That's great. Or how it, how I would imagine a dead person um, sleeps. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any firsthand experience with how dead people sleep, but, you know. Me neither. <laughs> One day. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a guarantee. Anyway. Yep. Um, yeah. Shall we get going? Sure. Would you like to go first, or shall I? Who went first last time? Did I? You did, with the with the okay. mini coffins. Oh yeah, you can go first. All right, mine's not very long because there's not there's not as much information on this as I would have figured. But today, kids, <laughs> kids, Aunt Cassie's talking about skinwalkers. So, what is a skinwalker, you might ask? I'll tell you. One, one could, yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. So, in Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves into some kind of an animal. And it is important to note that this term is never used to describe healers. I'll get into that a little bit later. But that's like a main point, right? So, we love a witch. We don't love a harmful we one do. necessarily, but you know, well, in the right circumstance, <laughs> yeah, right. I was just saying, in, my, in the right circumstance, we could be cool with it. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna fuck this up, but here's some background information. In the Navajo language, ye naldlushi. <laughs> Perfect. You nailed it. I'm sorry, everybody. It translates to. By means of it, it goes on all fours. So. Horrifying. Very, very much so. The uh, skinwalker is just one of several types of Navajo witches and is considered to be the most volatile and dangerous. Love a volatile, dangerous bitch. Absolutely. Right. So. The legend of the skinwalker is generally not well understood outside of Navajo culture, mostly due to their reluctance to discuss the subject with outsiders. Which, I mean, I get it. So they're, they're also reluctant to reveal skinwalker lore to non-Navajos or to discuss it at all uh, among just people in general that they don't trust. Which, like, I mean, that's fine. That, that's a big fucking mood. Yeah, I get it. So Navajo witches, including skinwalkers, represent the antithesis of Navajo cultural values. So while community healers and, like, cultural workers and everything they're known as medicine men and women or by whatever the term is of the local indigenous you know language for it 
witches are seen as evil and they uh, perform twisted ceremonies and they, you know, they do like manipulative acts using magic uh, in a perversion of the good works that medicine people traditionally perform. Um, and in order to practice their good works, traditional healers learn about both good and evil magic and most can handle the responsibility, but some people can become corrupt and choose to become witches instead of like medicine men and women. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we we love a we love a well-rounded education that we're learning both the good and bad. All right. So sometimes <laughs> sometimes um, these these skinwalkers uh, evolve from living their lives as respected healers and then they kind of like take a turn and going from this healer or spiritual guide type of figure, they later choose to use their powers for evil. And though they can be <laughs> they can be either male or female, they are more often male. So there oh, you have it. Oh, they turn bad? Shocking. That's it. So there you have it, folks. Done. Oh, wait a minute. Men that get power can turn evil? What? Strange. Strange, right? Yeah, I never, never heard that before. That. So uh, that's it. That's all my research. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye now. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, these skinwalkers, they'll walk freely among the tribe during the day. And then at night, they they secretly transform into, you know, whatever animal that they're going for. So in order to become a skinwalker, he or she must be initiated by a secret society that requires the evilest of deeds, which is the killing of a close family member, generally a sibling. And after this task has been completed, the individual then acquires supernatural powers and gives them the the ability to shapeshift. Wow. Jesus. Right. So, generally speaking, uh, they're often seen as uh, in the form of coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears. But they can take the shape of any animal. Quick question. If you were a skinwalker, what kind of animal would you be? A bear. Yeah, I think I would go for the bear, or I might go for the wolf. I I feel like I would for sure be a... Those motherfuckers are huge. And yeah, they're like, just like be pure like a, weight and muscle behind them. Just a big-ass bear, right? That just like I want to be able to just like backhand somebody and they'll die. Just saying. <laughs> I'm going I'm going a big... I'm going a big black mama bear or a Yeah, bear. yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. That was just an important question. And they can question. climb trees. They, they they look so cute when they scoot up the trees. <laughs> yeah. I know. And they've got their little cute noses and their little cute ears. And they're just cute all around. <laughs> little babies. Okay, anyway. So, skinwalkers will wear the skins of the animals they transform into. Hence the name Skinwalker. Sometimes sure. they'll also wear animal skulls or antlers atop their heads, which bring them supposedly more power. And they choose what animal they want to turn into depending on the abilities needed for whatever task they are looking to carry out, such as speed, strength, endurance, stealth, claws, teeth, etc. I would still choose a bear every time. Oh, oh um, wait. You can... It's not just like you You pick... It's not like a... An, what were those books that we used to read as kids? Animals? Oh, Animorphs. You know what I'm no. talking about? Yeah, and, no. Like, it's, it's not just like one animal. You can pick other ones. That's fun. Yeah, right? Like, so, like, you wake up one day, and you're like, I'm feeling a little foxy, and then you're a fox that day. I'm just saying. Ooh. I'm just saying. So. We love options. We love some options, for sure. So, sometimes these witches evolve from, like I said, being respected to using their powers for evil. Um, and then, 
they can, you know, if they're trying to carry out a task and they're one animal or whatever, and then they're trying to, like, escape pursuers, like, they can switch into a different animal that gives them more speed or whatever. So, like, I'm just saying. Wait, but can they mid-animal switch? Like, can you go from being a bear to being a wolf? Or do you have to change back into your human form? I feel like that's not the case. I feel like they have to go from, like, bear to human to wolf. Like, I feel like there has to be a human... A human moment in between, which like sad. So anyway, here's a little bit about that. That's okay. where I feel like you'd lose the most time. The shape shifting, right? Because like, how is it like instant? Is it a gradual thing? You know, what are we looking? Does at it here? hurt? Does it hurt? I don't know. We just don't know. So we just don't. Here's a little bit, kind of about the legend surrounding skinwalkers, right? So animals associated with witchcraft usually include tricky animals like the coyote but it can also include other creatures generally those associated with death and bad omens um they might also possess living animals or people and walk around in their bodies by locking eyes with them so skinwalkers like can also just like (laughs) possess people because they look at them which like goals i would love to be able to do that shit wait wait a minute wait a minute so they can be looking at a person and then just be them yeah, so, like, supposedly, if a person, like, so if I were to, if I were a skinwalker, and I looked at you, right, and I made eye contact mm. with you, uh, mm. and, and I wanted to be you, so then I turn into you, but supposedly, if it's the skinwalker, their eyes look, like, all fucked up, and they have this, like, dazed, weird appearance to them, so, like, I read in one thing that, like, the eyes are all black, if that's the case, you know, like, typical possession shit. Oh, so they're like, kind of like Mystique from X-Men. Yeah, kind of. Because like Mystique still had her eyes, I think. Yes, I think so. If I'm remembering right. God, I don't remember. I don't know. But anyway. I saw that movie so long ago. Like ages, right? So skinwalker stories told among Navajo children may be complete life and death struggles that end in either the skinwalker or the Navajo killing the other. Or partial encounter stories that end in sort of kind of like weird stalemate, right? And it's like, okay, well, the skinwalker still lives among the people, but, you know, who are they? All that. So, encounter stories may be composed as Navajo victory stories with the skinwalkers approaching um, a hogan and being scared away. And a hogan, I think... I think I remember this as, like, kind of like a settlement, but I better look that back up because I didn't write it in my notes for myself, but I did research it. So give give Mama a second here. Um, while that's loading, non-native interpretations of skinwalker stories typically take the form of partial encounter stories on the road where the protagonist is temporarily vulnerable and then escapes from the skinwalker and in a way that's, like, not traditionally seen in Navajo stories uh, and it takes, like, place far away from home. Sometimes Navajo children take European folk stories and substitute skinwalkers for generic killers, which totally makes sense to me. Yeah, big time. Like, like in a big way, right? So, um... But is, is their objective to stay hidden? I guess. I feel like their objective is then, just then to, like, why would they why would they turn into a person that they're looking at? They'll give them away. Well, I think like their objective is like, you know, if the, there's always like some kind of a malicious like intent that like they're trying to complete some kind of a task, right? So let's say I was a skinwalker and I wanted to be you. 
chances are I actually wanted to kill you. So I just like assumed your form killed you yeah, and but then, like, then walked around as you to eyes... get away with it. Yeah, but then their eyes are fucked up. So that would give them away anyway. Well, they're probably not like looking around all over the place after they kill somebody. They're probably like did their thing and like they're they're trying to be like not obvious on the way out, you know? I guess. But then they're because, OK, like let's say they replace them. And then they're like, we're leaving. You still have to, like, explain that that person is leaving. Like, it, it to me, it makes more sense to just be an animal all the time. than to, what, Like, there's no benefit to transforming into a person. Okay, why don't you take it up with the Navajos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... No, I want to take it up with a fucking skinwalker. Be like, what are you guys doing? This seems stupid. Yeah. Just be a bear all the time. Well, okay, so I have some stories... Um, that I collected from several sources, <laughs> one of which I believe was comes from Reddit. But I did this research like two weeks ago, so bear with me. So there's a story that tells of a man who was making repairs on an old ranch home when he began when he began he began to hear he loud began. began to hear loud laughter coming from nearby sheep pens. And thinking he was alone, he went over to investigate it and found all of the sheep but one huddled in one corner of the pen. However, there was a lone Just one batshit sheep. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a lone ram separated from the group that was standing upright and laughing in a very human manner. After the man locks eyes with the ram, he sees that his eyes are not that of an animal, but very much like a human's, and then the animal casually walked away on all four legs. That sounds like very black Philip to me from The Witch. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Right, except I don't think he ever walked on like two legs or, you know, was laughing in the pen, but I'm just saying. No, but then he, he like, stood up. He, and like, he morphs. Big... Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he could, like, talk to her. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? <laughs> yes, bitch, is the answer. I'm just saying. That is the answer. Anyway. Some say that they've seen skinwalkers running through the night, sometimes turning into a fiery ball, leaving streaks of color behind them. But others have seen angry-looking... Angry-looking humanoid figures looking down on them from cliffs, mountains, and mesas. And you know what that means. Aliens. Aliens, baby. That fiery ball... I was just going to say, ball lightning and aliens. Ball lightning and aliens. I think that that shit is probably some kind of a UFO. I'm just saying. All right. In the 1980s, one of the most notable events occurred uh, surrounding skinwalkers. When a family was driving through a Navajo reservation, which, like... I don't know. Should you be doing that? I don't know if that's like a thing or not, but whatever. Anyway, as they slowed to uh, like a, nope, they didn't come to a stop. They just slowed to take a sharp curve. (laughs) Something jumped out of a ditch and it was described as black, hairy, and wore a shirt and pants. So this is a well-dressed Sasquatch. That's what that is. (laughs) Indeed. We love a sharp-dressed man, particularly of the Sasquatch variety. So anyway, (laughs) a few days after this event, They return back to, like, Flagstaff, Arizona, and the family is awakened to sounds of loud drumming and chanting outside of their home. And they look look outside, and there are three dark forms that looked like men outside of their fence. And however, it seemed that the, the weird, dark, shadowy figures were unable to climb the fence, and they left. Events like this commonly occur in the Four Corners area of the Southwest, let's see, uh, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico. And it's just like a, it's like a hotbed for this activity. And in the 1990s, a ranch 
in northeast Utah, far away from the Navajo reservation, became the the like a, like a huge focus on Skinwalker activity. It's called the Sherman Ranch, but then they they renamed it to Skinwalker Ranch, <laughs> and it's also yeah. sometimes known as UFO Ranch. Uh, as the place has oh, a history, it goes by many names. Here it is. As the place has a history of UFOs, aliens, cattle mutilations, and crop circles, and it is located near the Ute, Ute, I think it's Ute, probably Indian Reservation. And these people have long thought that the Navajo put a curse on their tribe in retribution for many perceived transgressions. And since then, the Skinwalkers have plagued, plagued these people, supposedly, according to this source. I have to tell you something. That ranch should be renamed Passarella Ranch because that's where Cassie's going. When I win the lottery, and it's not an You're if, off. it's when. When I win the lottery, my ass is buying that shit, and I'm going to live there that's happily true. among the skinwalkers and the aliens and, you know, that's the cattle that are unfortunately getting mutilated. So let's talk, about the, Jesus. let's talk about the ranch a wee bit here. So this ranch is located on about 512 acres. It is southeast of Ballard, Utah, and it is reputed to be the, so- the site of numerous paranormal and UFO activities. Um, oh, UFO reports in in the Uinta <laughs> Basin were published. No, yeah, published during the 1970s. Claims about the ranch first appeared in 1996 in the Salt Lake City, Utah, Deseret News. And later, in the alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury, and a series of articles uh, by investigative journalist George Knapp, and then these early stories detailed the claims of the family that, you know, experienced this weird, inexplicable, frightening events after they purchased and occupied this property. So, some call it, some call it supernatural, some call it cursed. Terry Sherman, um was so spooked by the happenings on this ranch when he lived there that 18 months after moving his family of four to the property, uh, he sold it and moved away. <laughs> I know. He's bye. Like, bye. It's been a cool year and a half. I'm out. So I'm fucking out. Yeah. So he and his wife, Gwen share their experiences, uh, with a local reporter in 1996. They'd seen crop circles and UFOs and the systematic and repeated mutilation of their cattle in an oddly surgical and bloodless manner, which sounds like the chupacabra. So here we have everybody, right? We have everybody, everybody. We've got the skinwalkers and we've got the aliens. The chupacabra is showing up in my opinion. This is your place. This is my place. So, Uh, Within three months of the story's publication, uh, Las Vegas real estate magnate and UFO enthusiast, enthusiast, (laughs) (laughs) enthusiast, (laughs) Robert Bigelow bought the property for $200,000, which is a fucking steal. That name is so stupid. All right. So anyway, (laughs) under the name of the National Institute for the Discovery of Science, Bigelow set up round the clock surveillance of the ranch, hoping to get to the bottom of these claims. This guy did exactly what my ass would have done. He bought this shit, changed the name to some bullshit science title, and now is surveilling it round the clock. Chef's kiss. Oh, Robert, Robert Bigelow. Wait, is that his name? Yeah, Robert Bigelow. So stupid. It is. So he even he even yielded a book out of all this surveillance, right? And it's called Hunt for the Skinwalker. By Dick Bigelow. By Dick Bigelow. <laughs> Bick Digalo. <laughs> All right, so 
Science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in Utah. That's like the tagline for the book. So, in which several of the researchers who came and studied at this ranch, they claimed to have seen paranormal activities and they were unable to capture any meaningful physical evidence supporting the previous owner's stories. There's the key thing. No substantial beautiful sentence there. Which is very sad. No no substantial meaningful scientific evidence. That's it. So uh, that's really sad, and that broke my heart when I read it. But this basin area of eastern Utah has been such a hotbed of paranormal sightings over the years that some uh, like alien enthusiasts, such as myself, have deemed it UFO Alley. You can't, here's a quote from a local filmmaker, quote, you can't throw a rock in southern Utah without hitting somebody who's been abducted. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my God. People out there must be absolutely bad shit. <laughs> That's where I want to go. But according to the book, odd objects have been spotted overhead since the first European explorers arrived. In 1776, Franciscan missionary Silvestre Velez de Escalante wrote about strange, strange fireballs appearing over his campfire in El Rey. And before the Europeans, yep. And before the Europeans, of course, indigenous peoples occupied that area, which is now known as Skinwalker Ranch. So, not everything, not everything's about the UFOs, though, right? Okay. The Shermans also saw mysteriously large animals, most notably a wolf three times the size of a normal wolf that Terry a shot. A wolf. Yeah, that Terry shot at close range multiple times with a rifle to seemingly no effect. What? Yeah, apparently. Then... On the night of March 12, 1997, after the ranch had been sold, so now here we are at the National Institute for the Discovery of Science, <laughs> a biochemist by the name of Colm Kelleher, which is a really interesting name, claimed to it's see... dope. Yeah, he claimed to see a large humanoid creature hanging out in a tree and staring at him and the other like researchers that were part of his team, right? As he detailed in this book... The creature was approximately 50 yards away, watching the team safely from a tree perch about 20 feet off the ground. It was motionless, almost casual, in the tree. And the only <laughs> indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. It was probably an owl. Also, unacceptable use of penetration. What the fuck is a humanoid? I hate, I hate that. A humanoid is a human-like creature. Oh, so, like, so he thinks it's a person. That's so what like, humanoid means. Like, yeah, like Sasquatch or the Mothman, I think, could probably be characterized as humanoids. Oh. So you're right. He probably saw a fucking owl. He probably saw it was a person. So he he shot at the creature, right, with a rifle, like you do <laughs> out God. there out there on the Skinwalker Ranch. And, sure, sure. and it disappeared. And then, uh, okay, quote, It was then that I saw it, a single, obvious, oval track about six inches in diameter embedded deeply into the patch of snow, and it looked unusual. A single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark, going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge, and from the depth of the print, a very heavy creature. It's an owl. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, I'd put money on that it's an owl. It's definitely not a raptor. I think... No, where, when, when did the dinosaurs come back? What's going on? 
Yeah, I I hate to break it to our friend at the science school over there, but raptors don't exist anymore. <laughs> no, those guys are gone, buddy. So not a raptor, but whatever. Definitely not that. <laughs> so next door at a place called Bottle Hollow, a 520, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a 420-acre man-made reservoir in the on the the Ute land abutting the ranch. <laughs> abutting. I hate that. I love that word. It was filled in 1970 with fresh water from a government band-aid, right? In 1998, a police officer saw a large light plunge into the reservoir, then re-emerge flying off into the night sky. In 2002, four young men standing on the reservoir's reservoir's shoreline saw a blue-white ball enter the artificial lake. According to the Hunt for the Skinwalker book, the glowing ball dove into the water just a few feet from the shore, then emerged seconds later in a new form, a shimmering, maneuverable, belt-shaped shaft of light. Quote, after performing a brief writhing aerial dance, the belt of light Oy. zipped away at a high rate of speed, hugging the ground before disappearing below the top of Skinwalker Ridge. Is this book like a closet-like porn book? We got penetrating, we've got writhing... I don't know, there's some weird Unacceptable. stuff going on. Yeah, right. That's uh, that's strange. The thing that's interesting about these... I these, hate their descriptors. The thing that's interesting about these these balls of light that keep entering this, this body of water... Um, so, supposedly, in Ute belief, uh, springs in certain waterways are reservoirs of negative power, and evil spirits or evil sprites would rise up out of the water and drag people in. So I just thought that was interesting because... That is interesting. They're seeing these balls. But those balls kind of sound like ball lighting to me, right? Remember that guy that was just sitting by the lake in the fucking storm? Hanging out, watching this ball? Hanging out by his knee or whatever? Yeah, and, and then there was... there they were There were people on boats that saw him as well. Yeah, so that to me kind of sounds like ball lighting, but you never know. Everything's an alien in the end, so that's all I'm saying. I mean, so do you. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um... That's it on the skinwalkers. I Like I said, there's not a ton of information wow. out there. And like they said, it's not like a widely discussed thing. I remember reading, maybe it was on Reddit, that like somebody said that, you know, they don't discuss it because it's more likely that you'll come across one if you do discuss it. So I'm probably going to run into one tonight, but say la vie. I think that's such an interesting thing that's been translated through a lot of cultures is they're like, don't talk about it because then it shows up. Yeah, well, remember. That's interesting. Walk with me. If you will. <laughs> Back to our first our first little baby episode. And I talked oh about my God. I talked about the black eyed kids. Remember those crazy bitches? That's right. That's right. And don't um, write checks in your car at night. Yeah, right, exactly. So uh with them, the main takeaway of that was like, if you talk about them, they're gonna show up. And so they had That's like right. so I'm like, hey, okay, black eyed kids, right? They've got black eyes. And skinwalkers, like, if they possess somebody, mm -hmm. they have black eyes. I don't know. Like, I'm seeing some overlaps here, right? And if you talk about both of them, you're more likely to see them. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. That is interesting. But I, I would much rather be an animal than I would be another human. I'm, I'm circling back if, to this. <laughs> if I, yeah, if I had to pick, I'd pick an animal. And I would for sure pick a bear. But, like, maybe on occasion switch it up and go for a different one. And have you ever seen that meme of, like, the bear when it... Have you ever seen a bear, like, breaking into somebody's house? It looks like a drunk person. It does. Bears are... Bears are so cool. 
I love they're bears. They're so funny. Or they watching are. them like pull away a garbage can and like rifle through it. Like they look hilarious. They look like people. Yeah, there's like a picture going around right now of this bear that just climbed into somebody's like kiddie pool and is just like hanging out because it's too hot. I saw that. Relatable. I saw a, a new clip of, I think it was, it might have been on um, some meme Instagram. And it was like, it was like coming home drunk from the club. And it was just a bear that just kicked down a door, like literally <laughs> smashed the door off the hinges and just like wanders Same. into the house. I love it. I love it so much. So I love a good bear. But that, that's anyway, so interesting. Yeah, that is the Skinwalker legend, myth, legend. I don't know. but And hopefully I didn't like fuck up any of the details on that or anything. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's some crazy shit. And it reminded me of the Wendigo, which was also mm-hmm. crazy shit. And like, yeah. I just got to say, a lot of Native American legends are wild. Yeah. They've got and some crazy is, creatures. Yeah, and I like the idea that they don't tell other people about them. Like, I like the idea that they close rank. I love that. Yeah, for sure, because it's like, I don't know, it's cool. And also, probably most of their stories are about people that invaded their land. That's us. Probably. That's 100% us, yeah. So, you know. Wow, that's wild. That's the Skinwalkers. So, my so. friend... What do you have for me today? Today we're talking about Big big Dick Rasputin. I love Rasputin and his substantial wiener. I got a lot about his wiener. That's important. That is a big point to touch on is Rasputin's and large dick. Let me tell you something. The, that Google search, I was like, this can't be the weirdest Google search, but it's up there. It's up there. And, and yeah, hopefully you were doing it on your personal computer. <laughs> Oh, of course. Okay. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm even in private mode. I don't feel safe. (laughs) No, nothing safe. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay. So let's talk about our boy Rasputin. Large knob. His full name, large knob. His full name is Grigory Yefimovich Rasputin. Nice Irish guy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That really got me. He's born in 1869 to a Siberian peasant family. He oh. receives very little schooling and possibly never learned to read or write. That's cool. substantial. Okay, that's important. Yeah. Some of the people in his village said that he had supernatural powers and others say that he was extremely cruel. Same. Did they say that his supernatural powers came from his <laughs> large penis? No? Okay. Nope. Just, just thought I'd ask. <laughs> They used, oh, they used to think that his name meant licentious in Russian. Okay. But it has since been discovered that it means where two rivers meet, which is indicative of the part of Siberia where he was born. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I actually like that. Yeah. He gets married at 19. Oh, okay. And his wife, Proskovia Fyodorovna. Okay. Sure. A nice Peruvian woman. That's right. They have three kids. Oh, okay. And his, I think it's his youngest. I read some information that two of his kids died and only one daughter survived. But either way, only one daughter crops back up. Yikes. Okay. So he enters the Verkocher Monastery to become a monk. uh, After he got married and had these kids? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right. But he, he never takes the holy orders. Oh. And monks, they're supposed to obviously give up their previous lives and relationships and, you know, just be like, bye. Later. But Rasputin was like, nah, he doesn't do this. He continues to see his family. And his daughters later even lived with him in St. Petersburg. Oh, okay. All right, so and plot twist. he continued to support his wife financially, which is... We, we love way a supportive to, way man. Way to go. Way to go, Dick. So, that's right. So, Big Dick makes pilgrimages in Greece, the Middle East, the Holy Land. Wow. He winds back up in Russia. Oh, And in are. 1906, Nicholas II, the Tsar of Russia wrote to one of his ministers, quote, A few days ago, I received a peasant from the Topolsk district, Grigory Rasputin, who brought me an icon of St. Simon Verkhodary. He made a remarkably strong impression both on Her Majesty and on myself, so that instead of five minutes, our conversation went on for more than an hour, unquote. I'll tell you what made a remarkably strong impression. Here we go. Is Rasputin's big dick. So the... The icon that he's talking about, St. Simon Verkuteri, which was also the name of the monastery. Like charcuterie. Yeah, I'm pronouncing it way wrong, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. But anyway, it's a saint who gets prayed to asking for help, consolation, strengthening, correction, treatment of the soul and body, and delivering from evil. Wow. So that, that's, a, that's a busy saint. That's, that's like a big job, but okay. He's got a lot to do. Yeah. So the Tsar and the Tsarina had consulted unconventional spiritual advisors in the past, but Rasputin was their, their, their cream of the crop. Number one. Rasputin was their man. Yeah. And so was so, his dick. It, big time. So he gains their confidence by helping to give Nicholas like more confidence in his duties. So he's a self-help guru. And he helps the Tsarina by alleviating her anxieties Mm. and then allegedly helps to cure their son of hemophilia. Right. Their only son. Allegedly. Right. Right. And I'm also putting cure in quotes because we're in the year 2020 and there still is no cure for hemophilia. Right. Yeah. That can't be fixed folks currently. So sorry. I had to, I had to let donut in. Let's (laughs) go. It's important. So it was rumored that he was seen praying by the bedside of the young boy and uh-huh. he was giving him a calm atmosphere as well as some believed that he thought that he employed peasant folk medicine used in Siberian villages to treat internal bleeding in horses. Okay. Which probably if that's what he was doing could have been beneficial. Yes. So that's Interesting. But so, okay. Whether or not Rasputin actually did anything is debatable, but he told the Tsarina to keep all doctors away from the boy. Oh, okay. And which ordinarily I'd be like, you're a psycho, but it worked out in his favor here because the doctors were reportedly giving the young boy aspirin, which was just being seen as like the new cure-all. Yeah. And it had yet to be understood that the aspirin side effect was blood thinning. Right. Which would exacerbate the, the symptoms of hemophilia. Right. So Rasputin is like, keep all the doctors away so the aspirin gets cut off so the boy seems like he's getting better. Right. Fair. Okay. Also, Which side is note, wild. if I had hemophilia, I would be so nervous all the time. 
I mean, but put me in a padded room. Yeah, like I would be just absolutely terrified constantly. Right. So obviously the insistence of keeping doctors away and that Rasputin told them to throw all their remedies away. He was like, fuck you all. Yeah, meant and the remedies. That the use of as- yeah, he meant that the use of aspirin went out the window. So it showed an increase in the boy's condition. And basically they were like, it's a miracle because the hey! symptoms were improving. Right. So this man who potentially didn't know how to read or write, who was just like, send the doctors away. Now it seems like he's a god amongst men, basically. Right. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, which is super interesting. That is. So, despite taking no orders, he's seen as a holy man in the court. I believe it. I mean, he seemingly would be. I don't understand. No? I mean, I do, fully. But also, like, just just audit one thing, gang. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, this was a time where, like, I mean, this is a Just right to the monastery. (laughs) A religious time with a religious family. And to them, right... This this kid's and then disease his, that was his just like, boy gets cured, right? Yeah, exactly. Like this kid's disease just like is better, and so they're like, "Wow, this guy's got some God-given gifts. He's must be some right. kind of a fucking holy man." Also, have you seen the size of his dong? Okay, well, so they he's appointed. He's like speaks as an an appointed representative of the peasantry. Okay, same. Yeah. He, the press believed him to be the Tsarina's advisor, and that he, <laughs> and that oh. he portrayed quote rampant, lascivious. No, that's not how you pronounce that word. Okay, lascivious no, behavior. Was... Oh wow. Okay. Many people spoke about him having an affair with the Tsarina, despite having no proof. Oh, I believe it. But this behavior that they were talking about, this rampant lascivious behavior, lascivious. I don't know. Was drunkenness and affairs with women of all social backgrounds from street prostitutes to society ladies we got a mix there here we go all right so his behavior was due to his 13 inch dong there it is 13 and apparently a lot of women saw this saw this 13 inch dick well yeah because he's he's having affairs with a ton of women yeah i mean when that thing comes out how could you not see it i mean that's like a I, I mean, feel that's like tri- that's that's a scream. Like I'd be right. like, "Ah!" Oh! <laughs> Ras- Rasputin is a tripod. That's what he's. He's a he's a human stool. Uh, I don't know. Literally a third leg. Like literally a third leg, right there. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk about this peen because it's got some yeah. fucking history. Tell me about this dick. A quick aside: there's an article from Mel Magazine called "History's Most Notorious Penises." Oh, and. The list contains Lyndon B. Johnson and Napoleon Bonaparte, among others. Wow, that's a that is a a broad list. Uh, it's that blows my mind. Okay, so Rasputin's penis was allegedly discovered sans body by a maid after his murderers castrated him in the basement of the palace, which I'll get to. Right. So, like, they cut off his dick, and she just came across that thing, and she was like, "Holy shit! Have you seen right. this snake?" Yeah. So she apparently, it was obtained by a group of Russian women living in Paris who, due to Rasputin's reputation as a mystic and a revered lover, treated it as sacred and thought it would bring them fertility. The dick? Yeah. Wow, okay. They, reportedly, it was kept in a wooden casket and bits were broken off for his disciples. Of his dick? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's big enough to break off parts of it, so. But also, like, what bit are you, what, what? Yeah, like. Like, are they, how are you breaking it? I mean, I guess they just sliced it like a salami. <laughs> That's, oh, I can't even There's no it. coming back from this. Guys, Oddities has reached its end. We've done it. We're talking about Rasputin's dick. So his, his daughter, Maria, apparently claimed that they had to turn it over. She was like, shit ain't right. Stop I need it. dad's dick. Give it That's to me. Right. Yeah, okay. After her death in 1977, the penis turns up again in 94. Oh, surprise. Okay. Michael Augustine of California acquired it by accident when he purchased the effects of one Don, Dr. Ripple in 1977, which that's hilarious that you purchased a 13 inch dick by accident. Oops. I didn't mean to get this, but now that we've got it, here it is. (laughs) So apparently Dr. Ripple had collaborated with Marie Rasputin on a hagiography, which is the writing of the lives of saints which let's settle down. The man wasn't a saint. No, and neither was his 13 inch dick. Right. So he had inherited said penis upon Marie's death. In my notes, I go, that's a hell of a will. (laughs) What an inheritance. Oh my God. And for you, here's a long dick. (laughs) it's, It's just so. Wow. Michael Augustine sold the item in question to Bonham's auction house where tests were done and it turned out to not be a penis at all, but a desiccated sea cucumber. Oh my God. So wait, all this time it was never a dick? Wait, how did they find a sea cucumber in the basement way back when? No, no, no. I think that Michael Augustine, his was a sea cucumber. Oh, I and see, I think I that see. The, I'm wondering if the women in Paris had it. Like, I'm wondering if his daughter was like, you have to turn it over. And they were just like, no. No, but here's a sea cucumber. I just like, I don't know. It's Wait, probably there's, still there's there one more story about this dick. Oh, okay. And in 2004, another penis turns up claiming to be Big Dick Rasputin. Dude. I'm tell- the, the most amazing thing is like, this man, <laughs> we, I know him from Disney movies and that he had a big dick. Those are the two things I know. I mean, yeah, pretty. those are the only two relevant things. You've got Anastasia, which actually right. I think was 20, 20th Century Fox. And then you have... Oh, shit, it was. Rasputin's dick. And that's it. Right. That's all there is to Rasputin, everybody. Take care. But, okay, so in 2004, another penis turns up. Russian doctor Igor Kanazkin, which was the head physician of the Prostate Center of Russian's Academy of Sciences opened the nation's first museum of erotica in 2004 in order to display some of the 15,000 items he amassed during his time as a sex objects collector. Jesus. So here we go. Coming in at 11 inches and thick as the average man's wrist, kept in formaldehyde, it's rumored that it's Rasputin's real weapon... And was purchased from a French antiquarian for $8,000. That makes sense. If you got it from a French person, that makes sense to me. Right? Because the ladies in Paris. Right. And our man Igor said, quote, looking at it can cure impotence. Wow. Wow. And that's the that on the Russian mystic's penis. I'll tell you what. 
the uh, Paris catacombs are not the only mystery that came out of Paris. <laughs> also, Rasputin's big dick. That thing, wow. Wow. So, like, have yeah. they confirmed that that is, in fact, the dick? That That's what they think it is. They They think it's at the first museum of erotica i mean i guess that's a but like it, it must be impossible be. to to confirm that like how how would they know at this point i don't know that they could even run like tests on it to match it with i mean i don't know do they have his body still like i don't know what they did with his body the rest of it probably not. i don't know so yeah it's i mean it's kind of hard to say if they could run any kind of tests on it, I feel like at this point somebody would have run tests on it because everybody loves hearing about Rasputin's big dick. I did get a really lot of Google searches about it. A lot I of guarantee it. Up. Yeah, so I feel like if some kind of DNA could be a thing at this point, it would have already they would have run it. So yeah, we'll never know. But the, so they're saying that it's. But I literally because my I have a small wrist. Yeah, I do too. And I, but I was thinking about like the average person's wrist at 11 inches and that thick. I was like, for the love of God, that's literally, that's a, that's a police baton. Yeah. That's pretty serious. What are these women that he had like hooked up with? What do they have? Like caverns? I mean, that's, that's like, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a baloney. I'm just saying. We're ending the podcast. Oh my God. We're going to get thrown off the air, everybody. (laughs) Forget it. Forget it. So, Okay. I'm going to move away from his, his penis. All right, we're moving away from his dog. I'm sweating. So oh, is, it, is it the penis? <laughs> it's just like such an absurd thing. Like Rasputin's that this, this man is, when you look at his whole story, you're like, oh, this is really interesting. But then the most Googled thing is about his dick. I mean, doesn't that say something about, about everybody? Our cult. Yeah, big time. It yeah. says a lot about our world and oh, the culture yeah. that we live in. Oh, yeah. So, when Russia entered World War I, Rasputin was like, this shit ain't good, bro. And in 1915, Nicholas II took command of the Russian army and Alexander took control of domestic policy. So this bitch was like, I got it. Yeah, right. She dismissed any claims that Rasputin was a mad monk and the press... And the government and the officials and the ministers believed her support of him was that he was her advisor slash banging counterpart. Right, 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 right. 11 inches. So yeah. as as the war progressed, more stories surfaced about our man Big Dicky. <laughs> they claimed that he was undermining the war efforts by starting a cholera epidemic in St. Petersburg. Oh, oops. I I thought that was gonna be like they were like he's doing it with his big dick but they thought he was getting poisoned apples imported from canada that's a twist okay so these the rumors like didn't even really matter it didn't no one really cared if they were true or not it was just like fueling the hatred for this guy right so on december 29th 1916 a group of conspirators plotted to kill big dicky oh among the conspirators was the Tsar's first cousin, Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich, and Prince Felix Yusupov, who was the richest man in Russia and the husband of the Tsar's only niece. Wow, what a title. Okay. But did he so, have a big dick? <laughs> <laughs> no shot he had as big a dick as a Rasputin. There is no way. No, he's, yeah. 
So the most well-known account of his murder was written in Yusupov's memoirs, which were published in 1928. Uh, Yusupov said that he invited Rasputin to his palace to meet his wife, Irina, who was away at the time. So liar. Yep. Right, right, they, right. They fed him wine and cakes laced with potassium cyanide. All right. Well, it was going well until it was laced with cyanide. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Rasputin apparently just became drunk and the poison didn't seem to bother him. Oop. They shot him multiple times. And according to the memoir, Yusupov wrote, quote, This devil was di- who was dying of poison, who had a bullet in his heart, must have been raised from the dead by the powers of evil. There was something appalling and monstrous in his diabolical refusal to die, unquote. Dude, love the concept of being, like, risen from the dead and whatever I lo- he said. I love the idea of refusing to die. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I saw a... I saw a picture of my father's grandfather, and when I looked at that man's face, I was like, oh my god. I was like, this man, like, death was afraid to take him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just, like, looked like that. Dude, for sure, right? I kind of aim to be at that level. That's, that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love to, love to be there with, like, at that. That's, that's what we want. So apparently he, they wrapped him in a carpet and threw him into the Neva River. He was discovered three days later with water in his lungs, indicating that he had died by drowning. Okay, there it is. So the apples didn't do it, but, uh, you know. Mm. Or not the apples, the cakes. The cakes. There was a 1970s disco song by Boney M that had the lyrics, quote, they put some poison into his wine. He drank it all and said, I feel fine. <laughs> That's it. There it is. Uh, however, his daughter Maria, who fled Russia after the revolution and became a circus lion tamer. Oh, okay. We love a bad bitch. Condemned the truth of the prince's memoir, saying that her father hated sweets and would have never eaten the cakes. The okay. autopsy reports do not mention poison or drowning, but instead have the conclusion that he was shot in the head at close range. Okay. It was determined then that Yusupov transformed the murder into an epic struggle of good versus evil to sell books and bolster his own reputation. Shocking. Seems, seems right. Seems right. Uh, before his death, Rasputin allegedly wrote a note to the Tsar declaring that if he were killed by government officials, the entire imperial family would be killed by the Russian people. So guess he was a little prophetic. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, but did he say, P.S. Leave my dick to those women in Paris? Pass it on. It passed my dong on to those chicks in Paris. So the elite applauded the so-called murder, while the peasantry mourned Rasputin as one of their own, seeing the murder as the nobility controlling the czar. And to the Bolsheviks, Rasputin's death symbolized the corruption at the imperial court. So his murder was illustrated rather accurately as an attempt by the nobility to hold on to the power at the continued expense of the proletariat. In the aftermath of the Russian Revolution, provisional government leader Alexander Kerensky went so far as to say, quote, without Rasputin, there would have been no Lenin. So whether or not like he's Rasputin's entire life was built upon this pedestal of being essentially in the right place at the right time. Yeah, for sure. Like he was kind of like a really solid uh, underachiever. That he achieved yeah. a lot. Yeah. If he was a character in a movie, he you would watch him and be like, oh, he helped push the plot along. Like, he moved the plot of history. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he was like, mm, and now do this, because my dick is pointing you in that direction. And, uh, 
<laughs> but it's it's so interesting that his death made the Russian people be like, hey. I know. And then they, you know, they overthrew. But to us 90s kids, he had the best songs and sidekick in Anastasia. And he was voiced by Christopher Lloyd, a.k.a. Doc, from Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Like, when he when he is singing in the dark of the night, and he's like, rise, my minions. I mean, that's where it's at, right? <laughs> oh, by the way, that song, Anastasia has some of the best songs. Dude, I must have watched Anastasia 65,000 times when I was a kid. I fucking love that shit. And I don't really, this is, this is going to sound not great. But her story is fine and it's interesting and the songs are all really good. But Rasputin and Bartok are chef's kiss. They are. I was also here for like Dimitri when I was a kid. I was like, hey. Oh my God, who wasn't? For sure into that. Isn't that John Cusack? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Love John Cusack. And Anastasia is Meg Ryan. I know. I know. What What a dream team. That's and then it. I don't remember who the big guy is, but he was always my favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, God. What is that guy's name? He's somebody. It's not Vlad. No. Oh, yeah. That is his name. But I, yeah. I don't know who voiced him. Oh, no. I have no clue. I have no idea. But that movie's great. Gonna watch that. I gotta watch that sometime soon. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. It was on HBO. I don't know if it still is. Oh, mama. I gotta find it. Maybe it's on Prime. Who knows? Oh, Not sponsored. Amazon, you want to help us out? What? Okay. Ke- Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, that's a wild... This is a wild cast. What a cast. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But yeah, so, that's that's Big Dick Rasputin. Wow. The human yeah. tripod. That's amazing. And a lot of uh, misconceptions about our human tripod... Dude, for sure. Like, I... I just... I just... The only thing I believe is that he had a huge dick because all these women... That's all we know about him, basically. Yeah. And he apparently slept with a ton of women. And his wife was like, whatever. Because he was just sending her money. He was sending her money. So she was making out fine. Right? Yeah, she was chilling. And then his daughter, like, came back for his, you know, his name, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And his dick. And and his dick. (laughs) That's mine. Give me that. Yeah. She's like, this isn't right. The women in Paris are like, fuck you. We're keeping this thing. Yeah. Maybe that's why it went from 11 inches to 13, because they were chopping at it. Probably. I would say so. I still can't get over that. There's, you, you couldn't, I wouldn't even go into a penis museum. Like, that's, that shit's gross. I'm not looking at that shit. No interest in going to a dick museum. But they exist. They're the Museum there. of Dicks. My wow. nightmare. Yeah. It would be like Mop, for sure. Museum of Penises. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'd better uh, quit while we're ahead, We'd better call yep. it. Yep. All right. So that's, uh, wow. What a mix of yeah. things, right? We had skin crawlers, so don't mm-hmm. make eye contact with anybody for the rest of your uh, life because you never know who's a skin crawler or whatever. That's right. And That's right. Um, Rasputin big had a big, big dick. That's it. Take care. And also, <laughs> the the story, the real story to round out both stories, is that uh, you can't trust men because all they want to do is is bolster their own egos. Yeah, they either want to wear your skin. Or they're out to, I don't know, take over Russia with their big dongs. 
Right. Or the, or they're out to murder you and then write a story that's totally not true. That too. That's it. You know? We're, we're here to help at Oddities. <laughs> yes, we're here to offer really, really sage advice and really, really strong Strongly researched, highly factual information that is highly relevant to the, your day to day life. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was a, there was a lot of contradicting things going on with Big Dig. Yeah, and you got to the bottom of it. You got to the the tip. The di- <laughs> We have to go. All right. I'm I done. honestly can't believe we made we didn't make more dig jokes though. I I think that I we showed a tremendous amount of self-restraint, actually. And I think, you know what? We got it in. (laughs) (laughs) Got it! (laughs) Got him! Wow, everybody. Uh, Until next time. Stay strange.